This Godzilla Media podcast is brought to you by Mohawk Honda. Godzilla Media and across the board is sponsored by Mohawk Honda, where you can take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book offer. If you're looking for a new vehicle across upstate New York, the place you want to go is Glenville, New York. You want to work with people that you can trust during the car buying experience. I know from experience, 2022 Pilot EXL sitting in the driveway. Now, whether you live in Utica, Herkimer, Watertown, Lake George, it doesn't matter. It's worth the drive to find yourself with money in your pocket. That's right. Because of the Kelly Blue Book offer, you can show up to Glenville, New York, and Mohawk Honda, drive off the lot with cash in your pocket in less than an hour, and maybe even a new vehicle. You can have the best vehicle you've ever had in your life. Don't worry about those summer road trips potentially breaking down or things going wrong or wondering if you can trust your vehicle. You don't have to have those worries. When you work with great people like Greg Johnson and Lindsay Herndon, Cam McKenna, Brian McKenna, MJ, John Lucas, everybody's Nicole, everybody's crushing it over there, man. John and Service, who unfortunately I might have to see you soon. That's okay. Mohawk Honda will continue to help you after you buy your vehicle, the service, and everything you need after that. You may never go back to another spot to get a vehicle for the future. It's Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, onto this Godzilla Media Podcast. Hello and welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Sports with a Z and T. I am one of your hosts, Taylor, as you guys already know. Um, you may be wondering why I'm starting out the show, and that's because I'm doing this show solo. Um, unfortunately, Bryce, uh, you know, tied up with work and whatnot. Um, same same kind of deal that we had um, back when the, the NFL playoff was going on. Um, he gets tied up at work, he works late and then we can't really record, but we wanted to continue to give you guys, you know, the content that you look for every week. And so here I am running solo. Um, this has in no way has nothing to do with, uh, Bryce's Philadelphia 76ers losing to my Miami heat in game one. That's neither here nor there. Just had to throw it out there because he's no longer here to defend himself. So I can talk all the shit I want about the Philadelphia 76ers and he's not going to do anything about it. He may have words for me next week or whenever we do record, but um, honestly, I'm not going to, I can't talk too much smack. We'll get into it, but um, I just wanted to kind of go through the, the NBA playoffs. It's my favorite time of year. Um, you guys know that I love basketball. It is probably my favorite sport. And so I didn't want to miss out on a chance to talk about the NBA playoffs, regardless of whether Bryce um, can join me or not. I am going to be here talking about it. Um, I know that he supports because, you know, we want to get, we don't want to leave you guys hanging. I know that a, a lot of you guys listen uh, weekly to us. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. Um, and I'm here. So I'm running the show. Uh, obviously, you know, we're brought to you by uh, Saving Face Barbershop. Uh, they do great cuts. I mean, if you've seen us on the live stream on the NFL draft that happened the other day, um, for Iron's Edge at, at the, the Boston Spot Country Club, um, great restaurant. The food was good. Um, it's going to be better once they get their full menu. Um, but if you guys saw us on that stream, you know, me and Bryce looked pretty suave. And that's obviously thanks to our boys, Jeremiah and the boys over at Saving Face Barbershop. Um, Mohawk Honda, you know, uh, Johnstone Supply, all of our great sponsors. We shout out to them every week. Um, they support us. We support them. Hopefully you guys support them, which in turn supports us. Um, 
So yeah, let's jump on into it. So we we really didn't last week. We we did our our, our NFL draft preview, so we didn't really talk a lot about the NBA draft, our the NBA playoffs, the first round. I think we did a little blurb, maybe you know, ten five minute blurb at the very end. So I just want to go through in depth my thoughts on um, everything that transpired in the first round of the NBA playoffs, and then talk these second round matchups. Obviously, by the time you're hearing this, at least. There will be two games played in the, the Milwaukee-Boston and the Golden State-Memphis. Those are both 1-0. Um, Milwaukee's up and, and Memphis is up. So th- those will be happening today as I'm basically recording. Um, and then tomorrow, obviously, when you guys are listening to it, or depending on if you're listening to us when we first drop, uh, obviously, Phoenix and Dallas will have game two, and Miami-Philly uh, will have game two under wraps. Um, but I'm going to talk about what we have here. So, so let's go back to the first round. Um, let's start in the West. We'll go through round by round. I'm just going to give you my thoughts on the series, how, how things went. Um, so if let's start, let's start in the West. Uh, we'll go the Phoenix, Phoenix Pelicans. So I did pick the Pelicans to make the, uh, the, this in this spot. Um, Bryce did not, I think in our original predictions, he, I think he had, um, uh, San Antonio, possibly. Um, I can't remember, but uh, we both, I think, had Minnesota. I thought Minnesota was going to be the eight. I thought New Orleans was going to make it to the to the seven seed. Um, no, we we both thought the Clippers were going to be in, and Bryce thought that Minnesota was going to be the eighth seed, and the Clippers were going to be the seven seed. Uh, turns out the Clippers lost both games, didn't make it at all. Memphis won the first game with the Clippers obviously and then and then New Orleans beat San Antonio and then went ahead and beat uh, the Clippers to get that eighth seed but I believe in the Pelicans because what they did at the trade deadline really really strengthened their team I mean CJ McCollum um you know he's coming into his own he was always been a good player um but you pair him with a guy like Brandon Ingram where I mean Brandon Ingram in this playoffs his playoff debut and he was going absolutely off the whole time um show shades of you know kevin durant the, the type of guy who can be relied on to score um and they pushed phoenix i mean they pushed them to six games we didn't get a seven games in any series uh in the first round which is unfortunate we always love a game seven um i was rooting for the game sevens always do um for the most part but yeah so phoenix phoenix i mean even losing devin booker wasn't enough um, through the couple of games was enough for the Pelicans to really win. And, and let's be honest, Phoenix is one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, I picked them to make the finals. Um, I don't remember if Bryce did, he might've had, uh, the Warriors making it, but either way we had them in the, the Eastern, uh, the Western conference finals. I believe both of us had them in the Western conference finals. Um, great showing by the Pelicans. You do wonder, um, you know, this, this Pelicans team is built right. And, they're missing their best player. I mean, Brandon Ingram out there looking like their best player, and maybe he actually is. Um, if you know Zion isn't able to ever play or play up to the standard that we hope he can, but we saw flashes of Zion when he's healthy. He can be one of the best interior scorers in the game. Had one of the highest field goal percentages in the in the paint. Um, the year that he, uh, I don't, I, I'm blanking on if it was last year or the year before because he's so, he's injured so much that it's it's hard. To, remember when he plays and when he doesn't um but he's an inside force we obviously know he if, if he's healthy and in shape and it can really show off his athleticism he can you know be a menace on defense blocking shots destroying shots actually into like the second 
third, fourth row. And then on the offensive side, he's a menace inside. He's not the greatest shooter, but he can shoot, but he takes high percentage inside looks and he can literally power it through people. So you take this Pelicans team, you have Brandon Ingram, if he's playing this way, CJ McCollum, and then you add in a guy like Zion, that's a team down the road the next couple of years. I mean, I don't know how long they're going to have CJ McCollum playing at a high level. He is getting up there in age. He's not in his prime, but but Brandon Ingram is in his prime or entering it. And Zion is just outside of his prime, hopefully entering it if he stays healthy and, and you know, can actually be uh, <laughs> uh, healthy for more than, you know, a, a, a couple years play more than uh, 40 games or 30 games in a season. You hope that he can get there. And Phoenix or Pelicans are looking good for the future, I would say. Um, great showing from Brandon Ingram in his first ever playoff appearance. Um, but Phoenix takes that one as we expected them to. Uh, Phoenix is just too good. Their chemistry is off the charts. Um, then we move on to the Dallas-Utah series, which, man, I am sick of Utah. I'm sick of their they've always been the hype. Like, I mean, this, this year, at least they were a fifth seed, which kind of shows uh, what I think they, they truly are. Um, not like last year where they were, you know, like the one seed um, in, and the year before that, where they're competing for like one, two, three seed, like they're a good regular season team. And then they get to the playoffs and they just can't. And I don't know what the problem is. Uh, it seems to be a disconnect between like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell just doesn't seem like he's the, uh, I mean, he can be the guy. We've seen him score a ridiculous amount of points, like going head to head in the bubble. Uh, you know, granted, that was the bubble. Say what you will about the bubble. I don't mind the bubble. <laughs> and I'm trying not to be just biased because the Miami Heat make the finals in the bubble. Um, the bubble may have been a lot different than a regular playoff series uh, uh, playoff run, but I don't think that the bubble was that different than like, even if it's whatever you want to say, professional pickup, that's what I hear on Twitter. People when they're bashing the bubble and anything that happened in the bubble, professional pickup. Well, still that's still pretty hard against professional teams and professional players in the best league in the entire world. Um, You know, so like it, it, it's not like it was easy and, it was a different atmosphere, but still putting up 50 point games. That's something that, you know, Donovan Mitchell is capable of doing. We know this. Um, he and his defense this year, I mean, against the Dallas was atrocious. I mean, you know, letting Jalen Brunson go off for 40 points without Luka. Um, and then Gobert, like Gobert's a great defender. It's just in the playoffs, he can be exposed because, when you force switches and you force uh, him to guard a smaller player, like obviously he's not going to be the best perimeter defender, but if you can't, if you can stretch the floor out and your, your big man can shoot, then he has to play at least semi on the wing and he can't always guard um, the, the, the rim like you want him to. And so that, that's the problem I think with Rudy Gobert and, and Utah and Donovan Mitchell. And you wonder about their future, even though Donovan Mitchell's under contract for the next four years, he's still talking about, Oh, I don't know if I'm long for it. And that's just the way the NBA is now they're going to demand trades and, and whatever else. And that's, in and of itself, some people think is a problem. You do think it's kind of a problem, you know, obviously these guys are under contract, but I see it both ways. Cause I do see, you know, the, the teams can trade them whenever they want. So if that's the case, then why can't the player at some point demand a trade? And wouldn't you rather get something for a player at a height of his contract? Like 
if you trade Donovan Mitchell now, you're going to get like at least a decent haul for him. Maybe not a superstar. Maybe you get a bunch of picks. Maybe you get a bunch of, of decent players and maybe some picks. But, you know, if you make him force him to play for you, one, you're not going to go anywhere because you're going to keep spinning your wheels. You're not going to get a good pick because you're not going to be a bad team, but you're going to keep doing this where you're out in the first round, out in the second round. If Yeah, if you even get to the second round. Um, and then, you know, um, you can't always – I mean, you don't want him to force him to stay. And then four years down the line, he leaves in free agency and you get absolutely nothing. And you're back to square one with nothing. At least if you trade him, you get something for him. I mean, look at, look at Ben Simmons. Like he asked for a trade and that's fine. Sure. Um, Bryce can be mad all he wants about Ben Simmons and all that. Um, and the way it went down, obviously you don't want your guy that you drafted number one overall to eventually, um, ghost your team basically but if you look at it what do they get out of him they got they got james freaking harden so i mean uh, we'll talk about him in a second and whether or not they actually got anything of value back for ben simmons but um still you know it's at least it's something at least it's better than nothing less at least it's better than kd leaving okc high and dry to go join golden state after they lost 3-1 they were they were up 3-1 and, and blew that lead and then they lose leave for nothing um yeah i'm sick of utah utah couldn't even get it done with luka Doncic. wasn't even playing for the first couple of games they were letting jalen brunson score all over them and then luka came back and luka is one of the best players in the entire nba and he closed it out and dallas was the better team they have the better player best player on the court luka easily and even when he wasn't apparently luka uh, Brunson, Jalen Brunson is the best player on the court because, you know, Donovan Mitchell wasn't doing anything um, to help his team really push to to get that win in the end. And just just the losing without Luka. Like, I know, obviously, NBA teams are good um, regardless of whether they don't have their stars. If they're in the playoffs, they're, they're a good team. But, I mean, come on now. Come on. We're seeing it now uh, in the next round. He, like, Luka is the team. And without Luka they can't do much. And even with Luca going off, it doesn't guarantee a win. So to, to, for Utah to let Dallas win without uh, Luca is just disgraceful. And they obviously didn't deserve to be uh, to get out of that first round. Golden State versus Denver. Look, Jokic is good. I believe he is deserving of the MVP. Um, you're not going to hear that from Bryce. Bryce thinks, you know, Obviously, Embiid is his MVP. And I see the argument there. I see the argument for Embiid. I see the argument <clears throat> um, for, like, Morant. Morant should get some votes up there. Um, I see the argument for Giannis. I mean, Giannis had a great season. Philly was – or uh, Milwaukee was third in the East. So, uh, obviously, he's putting up numbers. Um, Giannis gets some of the fatigue factor where it's like he's going to be good every year from now on. So, it's kind of hard to, to pick a year out where you're like, okay, he's – He's getting the LeBron treatment where LeBron could have won MVP basically from like 2009 all the way until, you know, a, a couple of years ago this year, the year before when he, he started getting injured and he wasn't playing as, as many games. And um, it's just hard to to keep voting for the same guy. because He's great. Um, and then you get to Jokic and, you know, he's dragging this team. This team would be a lottery team without him. They're a six seed with him. It's the same treatment that Russell Westbrook got when he dragged OKC to a, I believe it was a six seed when he was the only guy on the team and he was averaging a triple double every, uh, he was averaging a triple double. 
which was the first time it had been done since uh, Oscar Robertson did it. Um, but Jokic is dominating in every single um, advanced metric category. And I know a lot of people want to just discount them, but there's something to be said when you're dominating all of them. And like one of the only things that Embiid was doing better statistically was scoring. Like obviously Embiid led the league in scoring, um, which is good for him. And, and I would understand if he got the uh, MVP too. I'm not one of those dead set guys that's like Embiid has to win the MVP. Like Bryce, Bryce believes that obviously he there, he is. There's no wiggle room. Like Embiid is the MVP. Well, I could see Jokic winning it. I could see Embiid winning it. I would understand if Jokic did it because what is value? If if Philly didn't have Embiid, would they be a lottery team? I don't believe so. Um, maybe before. Obviously, I mean they got hard at the trade deadline, so. Without him, could they make it? I I think they could squeak into at least the play-in tournament. Um, I mean, Maxi, if Maxi's playing like Maxi's playing, um, you know, you credit to the, this Philly team. They're a decent team without Embiid. I'm not saying they're they're gonna, they would do anything um, in the playoffs, but I think they could get to the playoffs. I mean, you know, the second best team for Philly is. Well, <laughs> probably Tyrese Maxey right now, the way Harden's playing. Um, who's the best person, the second best person on the team for Denver if if Jokic is not playing? I mean, I I couldn't even tell you who like the best play, the second best player on the team. It doesn't it doesn't seem like uh, it just doesn't seem like they have anything close to anything after Jokic. Um, I can't name a, a player that's going to be putting up 25 points a game like Tyrese Maxey can do. Um, and I believe that. And then if you add in Harden, obviously, to Philly, then which they did uh, towards the end of the year at the trade deadline, obviously that's a better team than anything Denver can put out without Jokic. So I understand why he's getting the MVP. I, do, I don't blame him for not winning more games. I mean, let's be honest. This Golden State team... Jokic and the Nuggets were lucky to get one win off of them and get a gentleman sweep instead of a regular sweep. Um, because this Golden State team is so ridiculous. I mean, you've got Draymond Green, one of the best defenders ever, um, and one of the definitely one of the best defenders in the NBA right now. But I think he's on the upper echelon of defenders in the entire history of the league. Um, you got, you know, obviously Steph Curry, obviously Clay Thompson, and then now you got this kid Poole coming off the bench or or now into the starting lineup when Steph Curry was uh, on the bench in Golden State and he's like the third splash brother now. This guy can average like he's averaging you know upwards of 27 30 points a game in the playoffs and that's crazy. He can hit just as crazy three-point shots as Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Just as quick off the bounce, maybe even quicker. Great finishing skills. You got to credit Golden State for their ability to develop players. They are not one of these teams, like, I didn't like them when they got Durant because I thought that Durant was being a straight-up mercenary, going to a team that he was up 3-1 on, squandered that lead, and then immediately went and joined them. I thought that was bullshit. Uh, and I disliked the Warriors for the years that they had Durant. But now, coming back to it, without Durant, I appreciate this Golden State Warriors team because they're homegrown, all of them. And then you get this guy, Poole, who... You know, no, a couple of years ago when he was last year, when he was like in the G League and you know, like no one thought that he was going to be this. And now he's coming in and in the playoffs and his 
first like real playoff run, he's averaging like 20 something points a game and, and scoring 30 points and outscoring being the highest scorer on Golden State. A team with Steph Curry, a team where you can't you can't let Steph Curry like if you put that death line of up of Curry, Poole, Clay, um, you know, Draymond and I don't know, whoever you want to put at center for them. I mean, maybe Dr- Draymond goes to center. Um, and then like Kuminga or um, oh, I'm missing someone. See, this is where I need Bryce to fill in the blanks because sometimes I just space out. I forget who they're. Oh, Wiggins, Wiggins, Wiggins. Um, yeah. So you when you have Curry, uh, Clay, Poole, Wiggins, and Draymond, that's a small lineup. Yes, they could probably get a little bit dominated inside. Not that Draymond can't guard a big guy because obviously against Jokic he was doing fine. I mean, Jokic was scoring obviously because Jokic is a fantastic player probably the mvp um but he can slow down anyone as as much as physically possible um it's not like anyone's gonna stop Jokic. but i if i had to pick someone i mean draymond green's on the short list because he's one of the best defenders in the nba um but when you put that lineup out who are you gonna leave open who are you gonna leave open draymond i mean obviously he's the pick you you leave open uh, if you have to double or or, or trap or something, you want to leave Draymond open. But Draymond can still hit threes. And if Draymond isn't hitting threes, then he can drive and kick. And he's a great facilitator. He has great vision. So he's going to find the open guy. They're always moving around, especially guys like Curry and, and Clay. They know how to move without the ball. Steph Curry might be the best mover without the ball in the NBA. Um, I almost think that that's not even a debate because the he's so dangerous without the ball and the gravity that he pulls. And so now you have three guys who can hit and knock down three-point shots. And um, and then Draymond, who's a great defender. And Wiggins, Wiggins can hit shots as well or take it off the dribble. They all can take it off the dribble, which is the scariest part about them. So, yeah, this Golden State team has a lot of firepower. And I am not going to be surprised if they make the finals and or win it. I, I, I really wouldn't be surprised. Um, their real test, I think, is going to come with Phoenix. And then Memphis and Minnesota. Minnesota put up more of a fight than I thought they would. Um, I thought Me- Memphis was clearly the better team, but Minnesota was scrappy enough to get two wins on them. Couldn't force a game seven, though. Um, as for Memphis, I like John Moran. I like what he's doing. Um, they're a hard team to face. Uh, they're a hard out. They will be a hard out for anyone. And even this Golden State team, which we'll talk about in a second. And then on the east time on the east side, you know Miami took care of Atlanta. Um, Miami put Trey Young in absolute hell. Um, this Miami defense is scary good, and I love watching them. Um, not just because they're my favorite team, but because they play with such heart and play so together, and they're such a deep team that they're like you know, like they could go nine deep off their bench. They have Victor Oladipo, a former all-star, a guy who is like not too long ago in MVP talks when he was leading the Pacers to the, uh, the to the playoffs, who was going toe-to-toe seven games against LeBron James. Um, he's coming off their bench. He's not even their sixth man. He's their seventh man. They have Tyler Hero. The, he just got named as I'm talking. He just got named officially six man of the year, but it was a runaway and everyone knew that he was going to be six man of the year because no one has even come close to putting up the type of production. He's averaging 20, 20 points, 20 plus points off the bench. That is such a luxury to have. And that's why like, you know, in Atlanta, they were able in the closeout game in Atlanta or, or, or in the, in the first round series, in the closeout game, they were able to sit Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, and they were still able to win. Um, at, with Trey Young scoring like you know 
12 points, six points, whatever he scored. I don't know. I don't have it pulled up, but they basically put Trey in hell and he, he averaged, I think 16 points a game as opposed to, you know, the guy who literally led the NBA in points, total points and total assists. Yeah. Atlanta could do nothing against or nothing against this Miami defense. This Miami defense is scary. I think they're one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, Celtics put up a good fight, um, put up a good defensive show against Durant and Kyrie. Um, but this Miami defense is just staggering. Um, they just can throw so much at you and they tire you out and they'll take out, take away your strongest option. And you're going to have to find other ways to, to score. Um, so Miami dispatches Atlanta pretty quick and moves on Philly against Toronto. Um, you know, there was rumor, not rumor, but there was a scare there. I mean, you know, no one's ever come back down from 3-0, but if there's any, I told Bryce, if there's anyone who's going to do it, you know, Doc's the one because he's given up so many 3-1 leads before. Um, and as Nick Nurse put it, I mean, no one's done 3-0, but you get one win, then it's 3-1. And that's been done before. And I, I was kind of looking at that um, and seeing if that could be done. I didn't truly believe it because I, I won't believe it till I see someone do it. Um, it's bound to happen eventually. I mean, statistically, I, I feel like it's impossible for it to always be like that. At some point, somewhere, somehow, someone's going to um, come back from a 3-0 deficit. It's happened in every other major sport uh, that has series. Obviously, baseball and hockey, it's, it's happened. So it's bound to happen in the NBA at some point. Um, but <clears throat> Philly beats Toronto four two. the most significant thing to come out of that whole series was the injury in the last game, uh, to Joel Embiid, uh, after he dunked basically all over the Raptors and did his little airplane, uh, celebration. Then, then Pascal Siakam apparently took offense to that because he came down and literally elbowed him right in the face right after that. Um, not a cool play. Um, as Bryce would be very angry and screaming right now. I know it because I can hear it in my head because you know that he, um, he posted on Twitter about it and, and, and the, the Raptors fans were kind of cheering or leering. I would say, I should say jeering him, uh, doing the, the airplane, uh, celebration, kind of mocking him. And the, the, uh, the announcers for the Raptors were on their broadcast were basically just like, Oh, he, he got what he deserved. And now listen, I will, I'm not going to give the Raptors announcers or the fans much credit um, because they do have a history. Obviously they cheered when Durant went down at first um, in the NBA playoffs, which are the NBA finals a couple of years ago, 2019, which was awful. You never want to do that. Um, as for this Embiid injury, I mean, Embiid does have a history of sometimes flopping, so I can see why they may have thought that he just flopped and that he didn't get hit very hard. Maybe on the replay, you definitely could see, though, that he got railed like elbow to face. Um, and obviously, that triggered a concussion and an orbital fracture for Embiid, <clears throat> which is affecting Philly in the next series. So uh, Bryce obviously was very heated about that because, I mean, you know, Toronto on their way out in the closeout game, not down by nearly 30 points, just insult to injury. They're just like knocking Embiid and basically just affecting Philly um, in their next series through injury, which is just a horrendous way. Um, <clears throat> but on the flip side to that, Doc Rivers, what the hell are you doing? Why is Embiid in the game up 29 points? The other night, 
Miami, or yeah, on Monday night, Miami and Philly had game one of their series, which I'm going to talk about in a sec. Um, but the Heat were up 15 at the end of the game. And you know what? Jimmy Butler came out for the rest of the game. I don't understand why Doc had Joel Embiid out there. I think that is a, like, this injury, obviously you put it on Pascal because he's the one who actually did it. But, like, 50-50 blame Pascal, the other 50, Doc Rivers for having Embiid out on the court for that long because, you know what, I'm going to go 50, 60 Pascal, 40, uh, 30 um, Doc Rivers for keeping him in the game, and 10 for Joel for not asking to come out of the game. Like, why was he still in there? Like, you're just pouring it on at that point, and, and that's kind of rude. So uh, I don't see why he was still in that game. He should have been out of there, but uh, Philly Downs Raptors, and now they have a hard series, my Miami Heat against uh, Bryce's Philadelphia 76ers um, without Embiid for at least the first two games of that series, but I'll come back to that. Um, Milwaukee, Chicago, I don't have much to say. Me and Bryce said all year we didn't really believe in Chicago, um, and when it come, came down to it, they were too much for Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I believe, is the best team possibly in the entire NBA. I did pick them when this final uh, the playoffs started. I picked them to win it all, go back-to-back, um, and I don't know if I'm moving off of that much. <clears throat> um, yeah, they lost Chris Middleton. That That's a big thing that came out of this series, but um, still able to dispatch Chicago 4-1. I mean, Giannis, I believe, is the best player in the world at this point. Um, he is mostly unstoppable, and with that in mind, I... I I don't think obviously they didn't need Chris Middleton to get past Chicago. Um, and then we get to the last series in the first round that I want to talk about. And that's Boston, Brooklyn. Great, great, great series for Boston. Terrible, terrible, terrible series for Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn really showed that, Hey, you might need some uh, chemistry going into the playoffs. You might need, um, you know, your star players to play together for more than half the games. Um, maybe Kyrie should have thought about getting vaccinated so that he could play in the home games. You know, that, that I, I just can't, I can't with him. It, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that he, you know, that he refused to play or to get vaccinated. Um, I'm vaccinated. I'm fine. I know maybe some people had adverse reactions, but when it comes down to it, um, the majority of people are absolutely fine. And so for him to do it um, for whatever political or, 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 you know, he was protesting like people losing their jobs. Um, but the thing is, you're not really losing your job. You're just giving the option to, to do, do this thing, to get vaccinated. And, and here we go. You you didn't get vaccinated, and guess what? It cost you uh, a playoff series, basically, because you didn't have chemistry. Um, obviously, they're not. That wasn't their only problem. That I give a lot of the the issue with um, Steve Nash. I mean, his offense was kind of atrocious. It was a lot of ISO ball and like with Durant, and and Durant wasn't able to do much because Boston's really really good defensively. They're and they're able to be physical with Durant, and I was able to push him off his game. <clears throat> and so, you know, 4-0 sweep. Uh, embarrassment for the, this Nets team that 
Um, obviously, Ben Simmons didn't play. Um, and then there was a bad look because he was rumored that he would play at the at the end in, in game four. It was rumored that he would come back for game four. But then once they lost game three and then they're down 3-0 and history is against them. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to play. So it seemed like he wanted to come in, swoop in and be the hero and push them over the edge. Like if they were going in like 3-1 or or 2-2, um, he would come back in game four and give them the push they needed to to overcome Boston and whatnot. But. But let's be honest here. He he was never going to play. As as Bryce would say, he would be screaming right now that he's a bitch or, or whatever else. Uh, I, I just like calling him Bench Simmons instead of Ben Simmons. Um, but either way, cops out, down 3-0. Nah, I'm not going to play in game four. So that saga continues. Hopefully he plays at the beginning of next year and we can actually see this uh, Nets team as it is supposed to be at least fully healthy. Do I think they'll move the needle? I don't know. If all three of them play and play significant amounts of time and generate, you know, chemistry between them, Kyrie can get vaccinated, hopefully, or the rules change and he can play. Well, I guess the rules did change because eventually in the playoffs he was able to play um, every every game. Um, but in the regular season, able to play every game. Um, hopefully they can do that because I would like to see them at least compete because um, a 4-0 sweep is just embarrassing. On the Boston side, good for Boston. Uh, they showed that they have an elite defense as well. They're right up there with Miami as one of the best defensive teams. Um, <clears throat> Tatum is a superstar in his own right. Um, and uh, congratulations on Marcus Smart for winning Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I don't know if he really deserved it. Not who I would have picked, I think. But I'm also biased. I probably would have picked Bam Adebayo because I think Bam can do a lot more because he can defend the perimeter and he can protect the rim kind of like Rudy Gobert, but he can switch one through five and guard anyone <clears throat> at least semi-effectively. So that would have been my vote and maybe I'm a little biased. I will admit that, but Boston moves on to face Milwaukee. Now these second round matchups um, that I'm going to talk about now quickly. Um, and then I'm going to sign off and, uh, and get out of here. Um, these second round, second round matchups are really good. I like all these all these series. All these series are going to be entertaining. All these series are going to be exciting. Obviously, we didn't get a game 7 in any of them. They were pretty much, you know, there's a sweep, a gentleman's two gentleman sweeps, or three gentleman sweeps, a regular sweep, and then two game 6. Th- those series were actually decently good, but neither none of them could force a game 7. I think I think these these series have the potential to go 7 games. Any of them are all of them could go seven games i don't i don't see a sweep happening um in any of these games but in any of these series i could be wrong i might be underestimating some teams but let's get into it so phoenix and dallas obviously is a 1-0 series um phoenix has home court it was a good game the game one uh luca put up 45 points i mean the dude is just now I think he's tied with Michael Jordan for the highest points per game in playoffs at like 33.4, which is insane. This, this dude is on another level. Um, he is vying, I think for best player in the world heavily. Um, the problem is that 45 points didn't lead to a win. Um, Phoenix has so much firepower. They have Chris Paul, they have, you know, Aiton who went off in that game and Devin Booker who can shoot the lights out. They have Bridges who can do damage from the outside. I mean, there's so many pieces. Cameron Johnson can sh- shoot threes. Um and they were just hitting the threes when they needed to. Dallas kept it at about 10 most of the game, 
but it seemed like every time Dallas made a push to like cut it to like six, five, uh, Phoenix would hit three. And then it's like, oh, it's back up to eight. And then they hit like another shot. Oh, it's back up to 10. And so it was kind of like a get it to 10. And then they just held there the whole time. And it was kind of hard for Dallas um, to do to, to catch up. And it seemed like Phoenix was kind of just like, ah, let Luca get what he wants. Stop everyone else. And uh, Dallas kind of forgot to play defense for some reason, and they weren't making their shots. So I, I don't think it's going to be a sweep by any means by Phoenix. I do think that uh, Dallas can get a couple games. They could even force uh, a seven-game series. And at that point, I don't know. Because I do think if you're 1v1, 1-1, one if I'm looking at who I think the best player on the court is, it's probably Luka. But I think that Phoenix is such a better team overall. I think the top to bottom, the roster is built perfectly and they have such chemistry um and experience they just made a finals run you know you got chris paul who at age 37 or however i think he's 37 um doing lebron type things where he's literally like i mean lebron's not in the playoffs and chris paul is so you give him credit there he he is point god um until time finally catches up to him but it doesn't seem like it's there yet um pray to God that he, him and the rest of Phoenix stay, stays healthy um, and they can make this uh, a deep playoff run again. Um, I have them in the finals, but um, yeah, I, I think that this could go seven. Um, if, if Luca can keep doing what he's doing and, and Dallas gets a little more help from the other guys, I think, you know, once it go- shifts back to Dallas, I think that the, the role players will shoot a lot better, obviously. That's normally how it goes. So I think that Dallas will be able to get one, two, maybe even three games on them and force a game seven. But ultimately, I do think Phoenix will win. I think Phoenix is a better team overall. You can't, you can, one player in the NBA can affect your team and can carry your team, um, unlike any other sport or most any other sport. Like, Obviously, football, you can't really do that. Like, a good quarterback is good, but you need the defense on the other side, and the quarterback doesn't play defense. This Dallas team is good, and they'll go as far as Luka takes them. But this Phoenix team has, you know, one of the best point guards of all time. Devin Booker, one of the greatest scorers in the game right now. You have Aiton, who can rebound, defend, and in certain spots, shoot really well and score. He was scoring in many creative ways on Monday night. And it was really impressive to see him go off. I mean, he's playing for a contract. He so I mean, he is, he is looking to get paid and he needs to show out in this uh, playoff run in this series. I think Phoenix wins probably in six or seven games. I'm hoping seven because I want to see him go seven. If it goes seven, who knows? Because, you know, Luca could go off for 50 in one game and that's all they need to win. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas made made it through. But overall, I mean, Phoenix Phoenix is the better team. Let, let's be honest here. What, what are we doing? Phoenix is the better team. They're in the number one seed for a reason. They're they're one of the best teams in the NBA, and they probably have one of the best chemistries. I mean, they didn't lose much from their from their finals run last year, and, and they're just running it back at this point. <sighs> Golden State and Memphis. Uh, Golden State with a tight win. Um, on Sunday, I think it was. Uh, that's when the game was. Um, good win. It was close. Uh, it, obviously, Memphis is the two seed, so this is in Memphis. Um, and Golden State was able to win one on the road. And as they say, a uh, series doesn't start until you win on the road. Well, Golden State came out in game one and won one on the road. So 
they already took away home court advantage from um, John Morant and Memphis. Um, and I already broke down how good Golden State is. And that's just the thing you're dealing with. There's just no way to guard all the guys at once. You just hope that they have maybe one or two of them have an off shooting night and then maybe you can win. Or if you're shooting lights out, uh, Memphis wasn't shooting great. They didn't get a ton from Desmond Bain. Um, it was mostly Morant. I mean, Morant scored 34, I believe, and they still lost. He tried to take, obviously, the last shot to win it. Um, did kind of the same move he did against Minnesota. Um, and Golden State sniffed it out. They knew it was coming, and they were able to play good defense on it. And Steph Curry played great defense on Morant uh, late in that game. Um, to steal game one if 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 golden state's playing like this i don't know i don't know if memphis can win i mean if golden state wins the game uh that would be tonight uh yeah yes they're they're playing tonight yeah if, if golden state wins in a couple hours from when i'm speaking if golden state wins this and they go up 2-0 and then go back on the road i don't know if memphis can win a game they might get swept um memphis really needs to win this game tonight um so obviously as you guys are listening to this you would have already known the outcome of that game um if golden state wins it's done there's no way there's just no way because golden state's probably not going to lose at home definitely not going to lose two at home right away so you're never going to get it back to a a 2-2 series so it's either going to be a 3-0 or a 3-1 if if Memphis can steal one of the Golden State games, and then if you're in a hole like that against this team, there's just no way. I, I think Golden State win wins this. I'll say a gentleman sweep because maybe Memphis, when they go back to Memphis or tonight, they'll get one game. But I, I don't see them going very far. And then we come to the East and the series of this podcast. <laughs> um, Miami. I'm I'm sad that Brace can't be here uh, to, to talk with me on this, but I I'll, I'll fill in pretty much what I think he's going to say or what he would, would say after this, uh, this one out, uh, series lead that Miami has after the game last night, great Miami defense going up against pretty good Philly defense and a Philly offense that obviously the first two games, at least Embiid will be missing. He didn't even travel to Miami. He has that concussion that he has to clear the concussion protocol and the orbital fracture, which probably wants to heal up a little bit before they maybe trot him out there with a mask on. Um, what I will say about this Miami series is Miami did its job in, in game one, and it's going to have to do its job in game two. Miami cannot lose a game where Embiid is not playing. I don't expect them to. They better freaking not because um, Bryce will never let me hear the end of it. Uh, and I know that Bryce is what if he was here, he would say um, he probably liked what he saw from Maxi. Tobias Harris stepping up and, and taking on some of the scoring load is a good sign um, that he's able to do that. Obviously, it wasn't enough. Philly was up um, 51-50 at half. So there is signs of life. They were able to claw back. Uh, from a 14 point deficit in the second quarter um, to tie it up and then eventually take the one point lead at halftime. And then uh, in the second half, Miami retooled, locked in coach Spolstra, one of the best coaches in the NBA, settled them down. They did the, what they were supposed to do and ended up winning by um, uh, a little less than 20. I mean, they were up by 20, I think at one point. Um, so they really put it to him in the second half and they closed it out, which is exactly what they should do because Philly's playing without their MVP, without Embiid. And so 
you know, it sucks for Miami. I'm not one of those guys who's applauding injuries. I want to, if I'm going to beat Philly, beat Bryce's team, I want the Miami to do it uh, at full strength. Both teams at full strength would be nice. I know Kyle Lowry is not playing for Miami, but obviously Kyle Lowry doesn't have nearly the impact that Embiid has. Um, but it is what it is. So Miami gets these first two games at home without Embiid. They should win both of them. I will be angry if they don't, because this is obviously without Embiid, you 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 should be winning these games. And so you know Philly's looking at a probably I'm not I don't want to jinx myself, but a two zero deficit. Um, I mean, if, if Philly can steal this next game at home, then that'll be huge for them and bad news for the Heat because if the Heat can't win the two games without Embiid, um, I don't know what their plan is to win games when Embiid's playing. You know, like a Bam out of Bayou right now it has free range for the most part um, out on the block there without Embiid there, and he showed it with like 24 points and 12 boards. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I Miami better come out of this the the first two home games with two wins, and then the and then the, the series will really start. And obviously, uh, Miami's gonna basically have a handicap because if they get those two wins without Embiid, and then Embiid comes back for Game Three, Philly and Embiid have their work cut out for them. If they want to prove that they're a real for real team, a Finals team, then they'll be able to come back from this two zero deficit. I, I shouldn't even be saying that. I'm probably jinxing myself because now, now they're going to go out and Miami's going to lose, and it's going to be a one-one, and then you know, Embiid and, and, and the uh, Sixers will be in prime spot. If it go, if it goes back to Philly one-one, and then Embiid comes back, then I'm not saying Miami's screwed because I do think that they're a good team and at full strength they can still compete with Philly. But it's going to be much much tougher than if you just taken advantage of what fate has given you and giving you two games without Embiid. Um, but the series doesn't really start until Embiid comes back. And then at that point, we'll see because, you know, all Miami needs to do is protect home court. That's that's they're supposed to win those first two games on the road or at home. And then Philly would hope to win the next two games on their court. And then at that point, it's, you know, the three games where they they exchange with Miami, obviously getting game seven at home because they are the number one seed. Um, so at that point, you know, if Embiid comes back and they can win those two on the road or at home, then, you know, it's a 2-2 series. You're coming back, you get three games. It's a best of th- three series um, with Miami getting two games at home. So if you're if you're Bryce or a Sixers fan, that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for either a win, um, you know, if you guys are listening on Wednesday, on, on Wednesday, uh, tonight, if you're listening on Wednesday, um, so you're looking for a win there. And then if you can steal one there, then that'd be ideal. But otherwise come back down to a 2 win those two games at home, make it a two, two series, best of three at that point. Um, but let, let's see. I mean, Harden looks like a shell of himself. Let's be honest right now. As I'm watching that game, I am less scared when Harden has the ball than I am with Maxi. Maxi is scary with the ball he's so fast he's fast he can score um he can shoot um obviously harden gets those step back threes every once in a while but it's not a regular occurrence anymore and he missed more than he made yesterday so uh well monday um so uh harden just doesn't scare you anymore he's lost the step he's lost what made him so great he can no longer it seems he can no longer put up like 30, 40, 50 point games. I mean, he's been held under 25 for 11 straight playoff games, I believe. Um, 
So, yeah, it's hard to say that uh, obviously since he's playing and Ben Simmons didn't, uh, they won the trade. But, I mean, you know, Harden is just not the Harden that you would think he would be. Like, this is a golden opportunity. I know he doesn't want to carry teams, but if you're going to carry a team, carry him for these first two games. And I guess we'll see in game two whether he can he can turn it around and, and steal one on the road against this Miami Heat defense. But when they're throwing out Tyler Hero and he's he's that leading scorer and you don't even have Jimmy Butler having a good night. In fact, the whole Miami team shot pretty poorly for the majority of the, this game. They, um, If it wasn't for Tyler Hero and Bam, they probably would have lost. But And so you're going to have to deal with a Miami team that doesn't do that because eventually they will be hitting their shots. And then if they hit all the shots, the wide open shots that they had, um, the score could have been a lot worse. But we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm sure Bryce, if you were here would say, you know, just wait till Embiid comes back. All you need to do is win one of these two games and that's enough to propel you. Um, so I, I, I know that that that's kind of like where he's at. Um, and then the last, uh, series that I'm going to be talking about the, the last series in, uh, the East, and then I'll get out of here because the, uh, one of the games should be start. I think this game that I'm about to talk about, uh, game two, um, Milwaukee and Boston. So game one, um, Milwaukee showed that they are one of the best teams in the East and possibly the team to beat in the entire NBA. And that's why I picked them to win is because they have the chemistry, they have, you know, the personnel and they have the best player in the goddamn world. And that's Giannis Antetokounmpo where Boston made Durant look silly. Um, you know, with their defense that was smothering and Durant couldn't score, he he could do barely anything. Giannis just powered through them. I mean, the clip of, I don't know, if, if you guys haven't seen this highlight, go watch the highlight from the first uh, game in Boston or if you didn't see it live or whatever. Uh, watch this game, uh, watch this highlight where, you know, Tatum is up on Giannis and Giannis gets the, 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 the pass down on the block and, and uh, Tatum tries to push him off the block. Um, he just can't. And then he ends up basically throwing Tatum to the ground and then going and hitting an and one layup um, around another defender. I forget who it was. Maybe it was Horford around him um, or Robert Williams and, and just laying it up and in and getting the end one. And, and it's just like, this man is unstoppable. He is a beast. He's nearly seven feet tall. He's strong. He's got a wingspan to boot. It's ridiculous. And the man can just straight up score from all around you. I mean, if he had a shot, he would be far and away. The He'd be on a goat status. I mean, if he, if he could shoot threes consistently, he would be unguardable. Right now, he's pretty much unguardable. I would assume Boston in this next game um, is going to try to wall up as much as possible. That seems to be the way that Miami did it a couple of years ago. Um the only way you can try to guard Giannis is to try to wall up and force everyone else to score. Um, but, and maybe that'll work because Middleton's not there and he's the guy who they a lot of times go to, to make tough shots um, like the little shots away from the rim. Um, but, but man, I, I don't know what you do to stop Giannis and this team. I mean, if, if you leave someone open, Grayson Allen can burn you. I mean, Grayson, who thought Grayson Allen was going to be, um, I mean, he was always good coming out of high, uh, college. He wasn't just a dirty player. He played for a Duke, you know, but uh, he just, he is, he can be a lights out shooter. So if you give him open shots and Giannis has been pretty good at finding the open shooters and getting those assist numbers, like he will find you if you're open. 
especially if you double him. And so I, I just don't know. Boston's going to have to get really creative with their doubles and their rotations um, and get back to shooters because, you know, there's shooters all around uh, Giannis. So even if even if you try to double him, um, there's always going to be a person to kick out to. And, and that that's the struggle. And, and so I, I'm curious to see if Boston can bounce back and win this game tonight and, and, and get it to a one, one or whether Boston's defense wasn't quite as good as we thought. And it was just, you know, bad Brooklyn offense that made their defense look even better than it really was. I expect, um, Milwaukee to, to win this. I mean, they already have the one Oh series lead and took control a part of, uh, took away their home court advantage that Boston had. So I expect Milwaukee to win this. It could still go seven games. Cause I do believe that the Boston defense is good. And Tatum's going to have these games where he goes off and kind of carries the load offensively. Um, so I could see them getting two games. I, I, I don't know if it goes seven. I, my gut says six, six Milwaukee and six. Um, and I don't think I gave a, 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 a prediction for the Miami Philly series. And, and let's be honest, I, I expect Miami to win this next game um, and go up 2-0 before Embiid comes back. If Embiid even comes back on game three, um, we don't know. it. That's what they're hoping for, but there's always the possibility they has to be pushed to game four. Hopefully not. Hopefully he can play as soon as he can. Um, but if, especially if Miami gets that 2-0 lead, that's just tough to do. And I would expect Miami to win in six or seven games that, that could go seven. I could definitely see that going seven, but that seventh game would be in Miami. So they would have the advantage there. Um, let's put it this way. I hope Miami can do it in less than seven. I hope they do it in five for that matter or four sweep them for all I care. (laughs) Um, Let's get this Miami uh, Milwaukee rematch for the third year in a row. Yeah, because in 2020, they beat them in the conference finals to go to the finals. Or, no, they beat them in the semis. Um, yeah, and then they played Boston in the conference, I think. And then last year, they got swept in the first round by this Milwaukee team. Um, but this is a different Miami Heat team. They didn't, PJ Tucker was on the other side in, in Milwaukee. And didn't have Kyle Lowry, obviously. Hopefully Kyle Lowry starts playing again too. He is not playing in game two. Um because he is a good uh a good guy to to facilitate the offense and hit some shots. Um so yeah, I, I'm I'm having fun with these NBA finals. I think we have some intriguing second round matchups. Um I am still leaning. I mean, I would love Miami to go, but I'm not going to pick them to go just because I don't want to be a homer. And I do think Miami's defense could get them there. And I do think they have all the depth and 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 uh, talent in the world to get there. It's just they, I don't think they're going to have the best player on the court, and that's Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he, they probably still make it to the finals. And then out of the West, it's going to be Phoenix or Golden State. Um, I'm assuming. Um, I think you know, Phoenix makes, and I think Golden State makes, and I think that's one hell of a a Western Conference Finals, and I'm so excited to watch that Western Conference Finals between, I assume, Phoenix and Golden State. And that one, I think Phoenix still makes it out, but you never know. This Golden State Warriors team is, is, is as dirty as I've ever seen a Golden State Warriors team, besides, obviously, the one with Kevin Durant, but still, um, Jordan Poole is not a one-to-one substitute for Kevin Durant by any means. Obviously he doesn't have the length or the, the uh, ability to play more defense, but in terms of shooting, I mean, Durant, I would rather have taking shots, but I mean, Jordan Poole at this point, the way he's hitting tough shots is 
on the same tier at this point for this finals run specifically. Um, so it makes that team just incredibly dangerous. This is, this is Golden State's second most dangerous team. I think first most dangerous being, you know, with Kevin Durant, but I think this Golden State Warriors team is probably even better and more dangerous than, you know, the 2015 team um, or the 2016 team, just because they were fresh and maybe Steph Curry was a little more fresh back then. They were younger, obviously they had more pep in their step, but, um, but this team is just so has such a high IQ for the game. Cause they've had so many deep playoff runs against so many good teams. Um, they're shooting just as well. And now that they have pool there too, and they can have the small ball lineup that just shoots the lights out. I, I just, it's going to be really tough to beat this Golden State Warriors team. I would not be surprised if Golden State won the whole damn thing just because if if you can't have Giannis be the best player, and I do think he's the best all-around player because of the strengths that he brings on defense and on offense, but having the best player and uh, best shooter in the world and Steph Curry pair him with the, the other two Splash Brothers now. There's three of them, um, you know, Clay Thompson and then Jordan Poole. Um, they're as tough and out as any team is going to be this year. Um, so that's going to be a tough one to predict, tough one, but fun one to watch. Um, so that'll about wrap it up for me. Um, I'm sure you had fun listening to me just babble on for about an hour. Wow, I, I, I didn't think I'd go as long as I did. Um, yeah, I gave you the pretty much the same uh, length as you normally get. Uh, kept it just under an hour. Uh, I hope you guys liked listening to me drone on about the NBA finals, but are the NBA playoffs, but I, I do love the NBA and I could talk the NBA all damn day. Um, so yeah, th- this has been uh sports with a Z and a T solo, the first ever solo sports with a Z and a T. I I've been your host, Taylor Lattimore. You can obviously find me uh, on Twitter at, um, at T lats with two T's and two S's that T L A T T S S. Um, or you can tweet at Bryce at Z Bryce 21. Um, the, you can always follow the show's Twitter page. That's at sports with a Z it, it spelled S P O R T Z underscore podcast. Um, and yeah, make sure you find this. This won't be on YouTube. Um, in case you were looking for it, obviously, if you made it through an hour, you really don't need to look for the YouTube one. But this is going to be recording only because I don't want to stare at myself for an hour. Um, so yeah, um, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I just gave you all the handles. Um, like us on uh, or rate us on Spotify now. You can do that. So follow, subscribe, rate, give us a review. Apple Podcasts. You can also. Uh, give us a review and rate us. Um, all of that helps our show. The more engagement we have, the more um, people um, liking and subscribing and sharing everything uh, just helps the show grow, helps get more people to w- listen to us. Um, if you like us, tell your friends um, so they can listen to me for an hour if that's what they want to do with their lives. Um, but yeah, uh, so thanks everyone for listening to me. Um, I hope you enjoyed my solo NBA playoff breakdown. Um, this has been Sports with a Z and a T for me, myself and Bryce. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs>